0: Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry and author in residence at Midwestern Seminary. And I'm here as always, at least for now, (laughs) with Dr. Ronnie Kurtz, assistant director of marketing, managing editor of For the Church, a pastor at Emmaus Church, and uh, my friend, my colleague, the managing editor of our site, for at least another couple, two, three weeks. We got big news to share today. Yeah. Which is you're, you're going on to pastures that are greener. Yeah, yeah. Uh, w- what's happening? Where are you going?
1: Yeah, so it's, a, it's obviously bittersweet. I absolutely love Midwestern Seminary, love um, all the work I get to do here, and it's been such a joy to be here uh, since 2014, so seven or eight years now. Um, but I have accepted officially a position at Cedarville University in Ohio, where I will be an assistant professor of theology. And uh, yeah, bittersweet, bitter because I love this place, sweet because um, Cedarville is very kind and it's kind of given me a path forward to do what I want to do, which is be with students, teach yeah. theology, and write. So, Well,
0: I'm not going to mince words. It stinks <laughs> for, for us. It stinks for us. It stinks for me. It stinks to high heaven, brother. <laughs> but wow. I'm, I'm happy for you to the extent that I can be, at yeah. least in this moment, because uh, I feel the bitter more than the sweet. But, you know, working at a place like this, I, I've had to sort of just adjust to the reality because, you know, I, you know, I didn't, you know, I came from the church world to this academic life. Um, but it's somewhat like when I pastored a church of 20 somethings yeah. in Nashville. It's a, It's you know, transition is just the name of the game. Mm-hmm. You know you realize that that people who are in this world at Midwestern or Spurgeon College, they're here to train for what's next. And some do stay, you know, they find you know that, that they put down roots here and um, you know find ministry positions or, or other positions here. But that's not the normative thing, and so I, you just have, need to adjust I have to adjust <laughs> and settle my heart. That, um, yeah, the Lord has called you on, and yeah. that's just—we're uh, not going to say goodbye, but we'll say see you later. That's right, yeah.
1: And, you know, technology is yeah. what it is. This season, this, like, next month, really, as I'm making the transition official and yeah. moving, you know, to Ohio and whatnot, there's a lot of goodbyes that have to happen. And We've been yeah. kind of dreading them, not thinking about it, you know, yeah. just—we're focusing on the logistics. And so there's a number of folks I am not excited to— Again, like you said, it's not goodbye, it's see you later, but there's still some sting to the see you later. Oh, for sure. And man, you're at the top of that list. I, I just, yeah, being, being in proximity to you is a massive blessing for me in, in my life. And, um, yeah, stepping away from that proximity, the friendship won't change, obviously, but it'll yeah. be hard. So love it, and appreciate it, it you, It was difficult. And when, I fir- when you first shared this with me,
0: I just, I was speechless. Felt pretty gutted. Uh, but we've got a few episodes to record. That's right. So will be the first of three that we've got to finish out the year, and then we'll see what. The, yeah, we'll see what the, Lord what the future holds. of the podcast is like. I may be interviewing more Ronnies. <laughs> I've got Art of Passion with Ronnie Martin for the church with Ronnie Kurtz. I, I, whoever you know, if they, if someone's going to replace you, they have to be named Ronald at the <laughs> yeah, very least. Yeah, that's right. And that's a you know that's a that's a hey, tall order and got, a short you've, list. <laughs> <laughs> you've got your type. <laughs> I've got the type. It's got to be. It's got to be Ronnie. Hey, today's uh, subject is developing a pulpit presence. So we're going to talk about preaching a little bit, but not necessarily the content, uh, not necessarily um, you know methodology, homiletics, those sorts of things, but the practicalities, the 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 presence, the physical and 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 you know uh, rhetorical and auditory presence in the pulpit. Which I think I don't know if you agree with this or not, but I I feel like. That is less emphasized, yeah, in the gospel-centered. I agree. Camp mm-hmm. um, probably for reasons you would expect, which is we want to make sure that our con- that we're preaching Christ from the text. We want to make sure that our 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 preaching is expositional, so on and so forth. And we've you know been um, such about a recovery of those important things, yeah. in response to what preaching has been like in the evangelical church for a long time that. We've either underemphasized or just failed to tend to the the garden of style and yeah. and and presence. And so I see uh, a lot of preaching where, gosh, if I read that as an article, I think it'd be fantastic. But in the presentation, in the delivery, there's something that's missing. That's right. There's something that that goes wrong. So I just thought, hey, hey let's talk about those sort of. I't do want to call them intangibles because they almost are the tangible. yeah that's, that's exactly right. yeah, <laughs> the, the tangible aspect of um of uh, you know pulpit presence. And um I've got a few things that I'll you know kind of touch on. Uh, I wonder if you got something off the bat. Like as you're coaching training guys who've come through Emmaus and and just talking to others who are starting out preaching, maybe students here, what are some of the um, you know practicalities that that you speak to in terms of their pulpit presence?
1: Yeah, we, Adameus, so we have a pastoral residency, as you know, we've talked about it a few times here, and we do preaching symposiums pretty regularly, and we have a uh, kind of a list that helps us as the ones who are giving feedback for the sermon. and one of the things on the list is kind of your physical presence, yeah. your mannerisms, your pauses, what you say in between breaks when you're thinking, uh, how you move back and forth, your eye contact, all those kinds of things. Yep. And the reason we want to give that some importance, even though obviously, like you said, content's the most important thing. This is not unimportant. And one of the things we tell our guys is if it's true, and it is, that the content is the most important thing, then we don't want you to be a distraction to the content. Right. Yeah. Uh, we don't want your delivery to be so uh, brutal that people are just, like <laughs> checking out or, you know, we are in a war for attention in 2021. Yeah. And so whatever you can, you know, whatever polish you can add to help keep attention to, to a reasonable level, head of degree, it's probably smart. And so we work on transitions a lot. I think transitions are where sermons go to die. Okay. <laughs> Both in like how you physically transition and in how you orally do it. Okay. But uh, we work on filler words quite a bit. That's something that we, we talk about. Not only filler words, but filler gestures. Yeah. That's, that's pretty important. Um, but basically, what we're after is an excellence that's non-distracting. That's kind of the phrase we use, an excellence that's non-distracting. Mm. Yeah, the The
0: thing that I notice a lot is because of the emphasis on content, and which is good. People are sticklers for, I want this to be biblical. I want it to be expositional. Uh, I want to preach Christ naturally from the text, et cetera, et cetera. There are sermons that can come off as almost like reading a paper. Yes, yeah. Even if someone's not preaching from you know from a manuscript per se, although more and more guys are, which I think is great, but it, it just it comes across as reading the paper. And th- that I think is a fundamental misunderstanding of what a sermon is. Yes, even yeah. if you're preaching from a manuscript, which I do, even if you're preaching from a manuscript, a sermon is not a lecture. It's not mm-hmm. a, you know, the it's not the reading of a paper. It is a a a living declaration. Uh, a proclamation of the glory of God, right? An exu- and and that involves exalting. Um, the definition I use of preaching in the pastor justification and in my gospel-driven ministry is that preaching is proclamation that exalts yes, yeah. in the um, exposing of God's glory in Christ. And that exaltational piece is really important and involves then how you adorn that content or the delivery of that content with, uh, with your voice, with yeah. your presence, those sorts of things. And I don't think there's one note here, and that's um, you know part of the problem too is, you know the the text that you're preaching, the sermon that you're preaching will dictate your exactly. tone of voice, yeah, your your presence in the pulpit, your facial expressions, those sorts of things. But I think you're right in terms of like the filler thing. One thing I notice is um, because you know guys get hooked into one kind of monotonous. Um, either phrasing or even hand gesture. Oh yes. So you'll notice, like the guy who does kind of the Bill Clinton thumb on the palm. I wish you could medium. see Jared right now. Listeners. But you know what I mean. Like, like Bill Clinton was was known for this, where he he's like he made a fist with the thumb on the yeah. outside. Yeah. You know, the vertical fist, and he's just sort of bringing the fist with the thumb on top. And so there's guys who'll do that, and that's the whole sermon. And you're just sort of like, what are you
1: doing? Like, are you playing? Or hot you potato? have to match? the River Hands. <laughs> you got the River Hands. <laughs> are you um, tracking? I used
0: to make fun of. Uh, this is this is going to get me in trouble. But uh, but my pastor Nathan Rose used to do the driving the car. Oh wow! So he's like his hand. It looked like his hands on a steering wheel. Yeah, and he would just like do this. The, he's like driving like that the car one. back and forth. But which is great as if it's varied. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing the same gesture over and over and over again you're not varying your you know your hand gestures as as you're speaking it it can be a kind of uh monotony mm-hmm. the same way as using repeated phrases would be if you use like a lot mm-hmm. or it do you know what i mean a lot or there's some you know some uh what i call crutch words if you have a crutch phrase you can have a crutch gesture yes. as well and it's yeah. the exact same thing over and over and over again and it's distracting yeah and it just feels kind of like um you know, the
1: water torture kind yeah. of thing. It's I just, think I think that word, you use the word adorning, and I think that's yeah. a really good word for this. You, okay. We're trying to adorn the content with good presence. And, you know, some listeners might be tempted to think like, oh, this is a little bit trivial, you know, yeah. uh, especially if you're a content guy like you and I both are. But I actually do think it really is important. Um, are you you, you want to love your listener by give, right. making it as easy for them to hear yes. as possible. Yeah, Yeah, especially if you... You know, if you're going to preach a 40, 45-minute sermon in 2021, that's asking a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, give them something, you know, give them something to hang on to and be, you know, be yourself. That's one of the things we talk about a lot at Emmaus is I don't want guys trying to act like me or act like another one of our pastors. I want them to be able to live in their own skin in the pulpit. So be themselves, but be be bent towards the good of the listener yeah. uh, because you actually want them. This is not just a display of my writing skills or my oratory skills. I actually want to change the lives of those who are sitting in the room. And so I'm going to bend myself to the good of the audience that happens to be there those covenant members who are showing up week in and week out and, you know, are coming for a little bit of gospel each week. I, I'm, I'm going to bend myself towards their good. And yeah. sometimes that means internalizing the sermon. So I'm comfortable with it and I'm not stumbling over what's my next point? And, I've spent enough time where I actually have, I think we've talked about this in previous episodes, but that, that Puritan distinction of heat and light, the, the text that I'm preaching has already preached to my soul. Mm. And so I have heat, I have zeal, uh, and, and they can feel that when I'm in the pulpit. But I also have spent enough time with my manuscript and my writing and the exegesis that I have light. I understand the text and I understand what I'm going to say. And so once I've internalized the message and I feel that, that unction, that heat and light, um, I'm typically significantly more comfortable. And that just comes across in my pulpit presence. Uh, I feel a little more freedom to move, a little more freedom to um, interject when I want to interject, a little more freedom to you know, give eye contact. Yeah. And it just makes a difference.
0: Yeah, I think you know a large part of this is just comfortability right. in, in the pulpit, uh, experience in it. And by comfortability, I don't mean, I know we talked previously a few episodes ago about whether you're nervous or not, that sort of thing. Um, and I mentioned just the idea of feeling the gravity of it. So I don't mean comfortability in the sense that you're casually up up there, but just the sense of, um, you know, you've, you've, uh, you know, through experience of preaching quite a bit and maybe even just the relational, um, you know, uh, closeness that you have with your people, it creates a comfortability with being in the pulpit that I think guys begin to kind of, they, you know, they relax a little bit in, in the right way. And so they're more themselves up there, and it feels more natural. So you don't feel as stiff and those sorts of things. Um, The little, uh, you know, crutch words that we use when we're trying to chase down the next phrase we want to say, and this happens mostly with guys who preach from outlines uh, or from, you know, from other kinds of notes other than manuscripts, where you. you know, you, you know, do what I just did. You have, you say um mm-hmm. or uh or ah, uh, you, you know, those sorts of things. Or what we've been critiqued for? Yeah. What have you? Yeah. What have you? Exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for bringing that up. Now it'll be in my head because I haven't said it in a long time. Uh, but that was something that, like, I knew I was doing it while I was doing it, yeah. and I was saying to myself, "Like, you got to stop saying stop what, what saying have you that. Why? Are, like, why are you doing that? Because I'm I'm constantly analyzing what I'm saying As in your I'm head. You're it, like,
1: think of a different phrase or what have you. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or whatnot, you know. <laughs> Um, we count the ums and ahs and errs when our guys preach in, oh, yeah. in, in our preaching labs, and and they're often surprised. I'll say, how many of those do you think you had? And they'll usually say something like, oh, like five or six. And I'm like, you had 48. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because you don't notice that you're doing it as you're going. It's one reason why I preach from a manuscript, because I know I'm given to ums and ahs and ers. Just from speaking extemporaneously. And luckily, you don't write those in. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I would not write those into a manuscript. But I preach from the manuscript to eliminate yeah. those things um, because I know I'm prone to those as I'm trying to think of what I want to say if I don't have it there in front of me. The danger then with preaching from a manuscript is the lack of eye contact, that you're just, dr- you know, your, your head is down the whole time. And that, I think, you know, it just takes some experience. Mm-hmm. You know, um, obviously, it takes uh, familiarity with the manuscript right? If if you haven't spent enough time sort of with that document, right. you, you're not going to feel as free to mm-hmm. lift your head up. But also just the more you do it, the better you get at being doubt. able to preach from it and actually keep your you know your head up, watch even your facial expressions, um, you know, that sort of thing. I want to talk about tone of voice a little bit too, because it's another thing that I noticed yep. is guys tend to pick like a preaching voice. <laughs> and for a lot of them at me, it's the you know uh you know raised volume you know the for whatever reason people think that preaching means yelling and they start off there and they stay there the whole time but then there's also the guy that's like oh i really like Ray Ortland i really want to do the very pastoral soft-spoken. kind of thing soft spoken yeah. kind of thing which is great but that's where they stay they start off there and they stay there and after a while you're kind of like you know you know ray has a personality <laughs> right Ray has maturity to himself, and he knows how to modulate his tone and, you know, variegate the things that he's he's doing in in the pulpit. He also only preaches for like twenty minutes or so yeah. too. So, you're giving us you know small dose of this, um, you know, to some extent. But I just want to have guys, you know, pay attention to your tone of voice. Does it match first of all what you're preaching? But are you varying it? Mm-hmm. Are you going, uh, you know, up and down in the right places, or is it just kind of a monotonous? Yep. which even a loud preaching voice can be. Oh, without a doubt. It yeah. it can be almost like a white noise mm-hmm. if it's just if
1: you just stay at one level yeah. the whole time. One of the things when I when I work with authors at for the church, one of the suggestions I often give is hey, you got to help me by vary by varying some of your sentence links. Yeah. Uh, bad writing often is due to you have an eight-word sentence, but you have seven of them in a row. Yeah. Um, varies here. Help 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 the reader get along by varying some of your sentence links. And the same thing can be said of tone of voice, you know, help the listener by altering your tone of voice. Uh, you want to match the text. Obviously, you don't preach Galatians 1 and Paul's fury there like you do Romans 8 and Paul's comfort there. Yeah, You, don't, you want your tone of voice to match the, the, the flow of the text and your exegesis of the text. And then too, I want to like help my listeners along by what kind of voice I'm using. My people, I don't have to tell them, hey, that, that, that was a joke. Right, right. <laughs> because yeah. my voice is gonna give away the fact that it's a joke. Right. Or right. like I don't have to tell them, by the way, that I think this is really important. <laughs> I don't have to yeah. make those weird asides because my voice is gonna give it away. Mm. Like, oh he's he's kinda lighthearted here, or like, wow, yeah. he's He's moved by this. He really wants. Or maybe to smile. It. That's right. Yeah. There's some guys, yeah. I'm
0: like, you could smile up there a little bit. It's okay. We're not. We won't think you're frivolous. That's right.
1: We, I know? still think you take the text seriously if you smile. That's right. You could <laughs> smile at certain points. It'd be all right. There's there's a joy of the Lord here. Amen. That, yeah. Know? That's right. Uh, and obviously, this comes more and more with time. You just get yeah. more and more comfortable behind the pulpit. But there there are th- important things to think about. And I know this is terrible. I would hate. I hate this. Uh, this particular piece of advice, but it might be helpful to record yourself, like a visual recording. Yeah, well, I wanted to
0: go to some things we could do yeah. later. Okay, I'll send that, that,
1: that, There it is. <laughs> because the yeah,
0: there there are ways I think to work at Im- improvement um, here. One of the things, so I think you know, over time when you preach a lot, and I've you know I've been preaching a long time, but it's almost like your brain is function. I don't know if it's a left brain right brain thing. I don't you you know if your experience is similar, but when I'm preaching. One side of my brain is delivering that sermon to the people. <laughs> the other side of my brain is conscious of everything that I'm doing and saying. I mean, oh, totally. I'm constantly analyzing. Yeah, And this, I think, takes time to be able to do. Because when you first start out, you're just doing the content, making sure you're getting that out there. But over time, the other side of your brain can now begin to kind of bleed into what you're doing. And so I'm actually, as I'm delivering the content, in my head I'm going, have I made these same gestures? Do I need, should I put my hands in my pocket now? Okay, my hands have been in my pockets for a few minutes. It's time to take my po- you know hands out of my pockets. I need to hold the side of the lectern now. Yeah. Okay, I should use my right hand for gestures. Now I should just use my left hand for gestures. <laughs> I'm constantly thinking those sorts of things. I'm thinking, oh, I've, I've been looking at the left side of the congregation this whole time. I need to make sure I look to the right. I need yeah. to make sure I vary. Yep. I need to you know lean back and forth. I need to. Can I um, you know leave the pulpit? During this illustration, or should I not? um I'm tracking to see if they're not tracking with me? Are they not laughing at the humor? Are they not seeming serious are they are there things I need to adjust so it's just a constant sort of running commentary on on one side of my brain as I'm preaching. um I don't think the beginning preacher, unless he's just exceptionally gifted, um can you know is there quite yet. But after a while, you can get to that place of being able to, um, in a way, edit no, that's your, right. your presentation yeah. sort of as you're going. And I do that with the content as well. Mm-hmm. Once you get to like, oh, I've got five minutes left, rather than trying to cram everything in, um, is there a, a place where I can just swipe the page and skip that section? Yeah, that's right. And just, you know, and, and it's a nice, tra- you know, and it's, it doesn't feel awkward. Like, yep. that's it. That's what's in my head. Yeah, I, I know exactly it what needs you to mean. It needs to not yeah. feel awkward. Yeah, And instead of me saying to somebody, oh, I'm about to run out of time, let me, you know, just can you do it, and, and no one even notices. These are the sorts of things that I'm saying to myself yep. as, as I'm going. This is
1: silly, but it's one of the reasons I actually prefer, and I've asked our church to do this for me, but I, I prefer a countdown. So oh. typically you'll have, like, you know, in front of you, you'll have, like, a little timer or whatever right, right. it may be. And often when you go preach pre- somewhere, it's counting up. like It's like, hey, you've been preaching for 22 minutes. Right, right. But I don't want to do the mental math like because I'm, <laughs> I'm doing exactly what you're saying. I'm like yeah. talking to myself as I'm going. Right. And I'm like, oh, I've been going for 23 minutes, but I have 45. So that means like, no, no, oh, I don't want to no, do that. Yeah, yeah. I just want to see like whatever number I have in front of me is the number that's I, what have I have left. left. You know, that's, that's what good. I have left. Um, so <laughs> a little practical switch there. But that, that's I totally am with you on the thinking through. There needs to be some kind of like psychological study on the yeah the two-brained preacher because I do the exact same thing um, yeah reading the room as well uh, on top of everything you're saying yeah that's that's happening. I, you know, I was just time.
0: reading. Uh, this is a, a parallel idea, but I was just reading John Stott's. The, I think it's called The Challenge of Preaching, which is a, a, essentially an abridged. It's like a a distilled version of his big preaching book, which is called Between Two Worlds. Between I think. Two Worlds, yeah. Um, and he he talks about quadruple thinking. Whoa, he's I, doubling us. I, I, I know, <laughs> and I don't know if I'll be able to define it exactly. But quadruple thinking is anticipating objections or questions or challenges of the of of the people um, in your congregation, and then um, not just anticipating them. That's double thinking, but responding to it in such a way in your sermon that. You almost give it to them before they think of it, mm-hmm. and, and, and you cut that, you know you, you know, you head them off at the pass because you have anticipated the questions or objections or challenges that they may have on your material, and you bring it up and, yeah. then, and, then, res, and then resolve it <laughs> so that it,
1: it, it, you're serving them in yeah. such a way. Um, he called that quadruple Well, I thinking. actually, with my theology students, we actually call this, I have a name for this, we call it interlocutor work, okay. and I'll, I'll ask them, hey, let's do some interlocutor work. Assume you want to affirm divine simplicity from this idea. And yeah. I'll say, what, what's the interlocutor going to say? And I'll, I, yeah. it's helpful for me as a teacher to see, are they internalizing the yeah. actual argumentation? Because if you can anticipate what the interlocutor is going to say, or a, a fake opponent, if you will, then you probably understand the material. I would maybe push back on Stott and say, maybe do that in the writing yeah. instead of the delivery.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, but that, sometimes
1: it occurs to you. Yeah, like in the while moment. While you're delivering. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, some something. might say. Because
0: he does. Yeah, he is saying that you're doing that in the composition. Break, okay, good. Uh, stage. But I I think there are probably times where, like, you may know, oh, I, someone's come in. Yes, yeah, or yeah. Or you, yeah. you, you that's true. R- realize based on seeing people in the moment, oh, you know what? I didn't write with them in mind. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to. Str- so. You begin to sort of adjust yep. and kind of edit. on the And sometimes fly. you
1: can visually tell that's not sitting well.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, with those folks over there or whatever. For what sure. Have you. And so it's, it becomes uh, said, an opportunity to pastor yeah, that's in right. that moment, to figure out how to, you know, how to pastor through the sermon mm-hmm. in, in that moment. You know, who's also great at, at, uh, at that idea, sort of anticipating objections. And uh, as Keller talks about that a lot, you know, what are the skeptics and doubters going to say? Then, putting that into your sermon, you you know being able to respond to that, so you're answering questions that they may have, yep, um Jonathan Dodson talks about gospel defeaters, things that cut off the gospel, content in people's brains, the objections that they may have or challenges that they have or or hesitations, and being able to compensate for that by addressing those things mm-hmm. in your preaching and teaching and in your um, evangelism is good as well, okay, so you mentioned um uh, recording. Let's talk about so there's guys listening going gosh I don't know are, yeah, are my yeah. gestures am I doing the same you know hand gesture over and over again or am I doing whatever over and over again um, you know how do I how do I fix this whether it's that tone of voice whatever I think recording your mm-hmm. messages listening and I know this is hard because I don't like to listen to myself same and I don't I, you know I there's probably very few guys who would want to listen to themselves um, but I think it's important if you want to improve. To go back and if possible, even to watch, yep. you know, watch a video, because that's what we're talking about. Yeah. What do you look like that's up exactly there? Right. Not just what do you sound like, yep. but what is your presence
1: in the pulpit yeah. look like? I think recording a video, while terrible, you just gotta do it. Yeah. It's just, you don't have to do it every week or anything, yeah. just maybe a couple times. And I think it is a helpful practice.
0: Yeah. And then I think also you know, apart from that or or along with that. Uh, do you have a, a process for sermon review? Is there, you know, m- you know, maybe it's, uh, an actual formal thing like Capitol Hill does where they you know, actually gather with a group of people after and they go through the whole service or it's just people on your staff or fellow pastors or, you know, who can say, Hey, let's talk about this last week. Or what do you think? Or, or is it just people that you can get feedback from?
1: Yeah, you that's know? right. Th- that's exactly right. I, uh, that's one of the things I was going to mention on a practical tool is have a couple of people that you trust and just ask them, hey, yeah. the next couple of weeks, will you just watch me and tell me if anything that I'm doing catches your attention, if it's alarming or if it's yeah. distracting. I, uh, the last church I was at, I wasn't a pastor, but I was a pastoral intern. We had a, It was a fairly big church, and so the stage was pretty high so that mm. folks could see. And I didn't even know I was doing this, but apparently I would go and put my toes over the edge of the stage and I would <laughs> preach like that. And okay. my wife, it wasn't until we got engaged, she was like, You're freaking me out. <laughs> like you're gonna fall. You're gonna fall. <laughs> and the whole congregation's waiting for it. For like, it like we're all distracted by will yeah. he fall today. So please stop huh. doing that. I was like, Oh, that's good feedback. Yeah. And then Adameus is kind of a, a silly little point, but we have a, a friend of mine who has gone to a different church in St. Louis now, um, named Jessica. She is a physical therapist. And I had no clue this was like a physical weird thing that i did but apparently when i preach or when i'm getting really serious i roll my right ankle like i huh. go onto the edge of my foot and okay. i'll even like kind of roll my ankle a little bit and she was like ronnie you have to give your poor ankle a break you can't keep doing that <laughs> Rolling your ankle, and i would have never known that but yeah. what's what they were doing is just providing some helpful feedback and yeah. that that was really beneficial to me the other thing that i do in terms of like real time is we have a couple of people at Emmaus who are amazing listeners. Mm. They just, they're attentive, they lean in. Even if you're a bad preacher, they're gonna do that. Yeah. And I love those people because it's helpful to judge if if they look distracted or if they look like they're confused, then everybody is. Yeah. And so I have a couple <laughs> of faces. Okay. Tish, Tish Hedger is a great one, for okay. example. My my pastor's wife, she's a great listener. If she's mm. a counselor, it makes sense. And so often I'll judge, I'll use Tish or use Beverly or, or someone in our church to help think through like, are you getting this? How is this landing? You yeah. know, real time. So those are a couple of things you can do as well beyond recording. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, be mindful
0: of this. Don't, you know, I you know, think that it's just something that, you know, some guys think about, but it's not as important yeah. as, as, you know, it's not as important as the content for sure, but it's still important. It's important if you want people to actually hear the content and not be distracted from it. You That's know, right. That you know, you're you know, possibly erecting some unnecessary barrier That's right. You know, between people hearing uh, the word of the Lord clearly. So something to think about. We hope that it serves you well. Maybe you can assemble a team or enlist some people or set up the video camera and improve your pulpit presence. We hope you enjoyed the podcast, dear listener. If you did, please give us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.